When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome in episode 45 of the Brutally Honest Sports Podcast. My name is Dan Kurtz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Amanda Mithos, election, Aaron Riley. Aaron, my friend, it's certainly uh, been a minute, uh, been a minute, you know, for my own volition. I apologize. I had a, had a work trip a couple weeks back, and then I actually was under the weather last week, so I couldn't, unfortunately, pull off. I know we're, this is episode 45. Jordan with the Bulls was 45 at one point. I couldn't pull off the Jordan flu game, unfortunately, <laughs> to, to record last week, but nonetheless... Um, we are back. We can't promise you every week, but we will promise we will try every week. Some, sometimes we fulfill that promise. Sometimes we don't. Uh, but nonetheless, Aaron, great to be back with you chatting sports. Hey, man, I'll put you in the same category as Jordan. I mean, even if you don't for yourself, I, I'll, I'll do that for you. Yeah, maybe maybe the bad gambling habits. I don't know about the, <laughs> the on-court performance. Um, but Aaron, uh, obviously, this you know we, we are trending towards – the dog days of summer in the sports calendar. I won't say we are there yet uh, just because we have NBA NHL playoffs going on right now. Obviously the NFL is in a little bit of a holding pattern uh, with OTAs and things like that going on. We'll certainly get to that at some point. Would love to, would love to hear the buzz coming out of Eagles camp. Um, Zach Wilson looks like the best quarterback on the planet, according to some in the Jets media. So very fired up for that. But I think we, I think we do have to start with, uh, with the NBA playoffs and, uh, just some storylines that are that have been happening over the past couple of weeks. And now for today's topics. Yeah, uh, yeah, man. Um, as far as the uh, the NBA goes, I mean, I, I think the Phoenix Suns are, are one of those stories this year where it's it's definitely kind of a shocker that um, they're just, they're dominating the uh, the Nuggets in the second round. Obviously, having to get through uh, LeBron James uh, and injured Anthony Davis, a guy who. Um, you know, the last time we saw him on the court was only out there for what, like five, six minutes or yep. so. Um, you know, that that's definitely a, a shocker. I, good for Chris Paul, um, just because he, he's been in the league so long. He, he's been so productive throughout his career. And and finally, it looks like he's at least, um, you know, going to get to the sem- get to the uh, the Western Conference finals at, at the very least. Um, you know, maybe if the uh, the Nuggets don't you know, come alive this next game at, at the very least. Um, the Clippers getting out of the first round was, was actually a shocker to me just oh, yeah. because of how how good Dallas looked game one and two. Uh, Luca is an absolute – like one of my favorite players in, in the league, if my favorite player. Just he, He's not that athletic. He's not quick, but he just – a guy balls out. He, he can shoot from anywhere. He can post up. He can just about do everything, get, you know – 55 rebounds a game on top of that so um yeah that that was a surprise to me I mean Paul George is uh for the first time and and maybe forever uh absolutely absolutely turning into playoff B or however you want to you know go about discussing his recent playoff struggles but like this year he definitely flipped the script he I remember after last season he was saying how depressed he was he I think even he went to therapy for quite a, a few months 
So um, just definitely putting the, the pass behind him and, and good for him as, as well. So um, that's kind of the, the story out of the West. I mean, the, the Jazz took game one in a super tight uh, down to the wire finish. Uh, Rudy Gobert blocked the shot uh, from Cousins um, in game one there. Jazz up one to nothing. I, I don't know if the, the Jazz are, are going to win this series or not. I'm, I'm really split on that. Um, I think they got to win next game at least because – um, you know, playing in Utah is definitely a different animal. That that stadium gets extremely, extremely loud. Um, so that that's one thing. Um, then you go over to the East. Uh, start out with the the Nets and Bucks series real quick. Um, you know, Nets without James Harden, it doesn't even matter. Uh, they're beating the Bucks by forty points, basically uh, both games. So they're just running them out of the building. I I kind of didn't expect. I thought the Bucks this year were were more loaded than what they appear to be, but at the end of the day, you're, you're playing the Nets, you're playing basically the, the all-star team in, in some, in some form or fashion. So, so that series, I mean, I think Brooklyn obviously wins the series, maybe the Bucks steal one game, but I mean, they're, they're getting absolutely destroyed both games so far. And then uh, you got Atlanta and the Sixers uh, biggest storyline, I would say is Joel Embiid's just, uh, you know, pending health. Uh, can he stay healthy? Can he stay on the floor for the rest of the playoffs? Um, Trey Young's doing his thing. I mean, Atlanta's definitely got shooters. It seems like every time they'll go down 10 points, it's, it's really nothing to them uh, just because they just bang threes for days. So, um, yeah, I, I think the Atlanta Sixers series, it, it might go six, maybe even seven games, probably six. But Atlanta's no team to slouch at. I, I just – a lot of people, you know, I think take them for granted. They, they can absolutely ball if, if they're shooting well. And, and Trey Young is an up-and-coming star in this league. So, um, yeah, it, it's it's definitely kind of more wide open. For me, myself, uh, you know, I'm, I'm happy the Lakers got bounced. I, I could not – I couldn't do another year of LeBron in the finals. But <laughs> you can you can definitely uh, touch on that one. Yeah, no, I, that, that was just a, a great all-around breakdown, I think, of, of kind of where we stand um, with the NBA playoffs. Yeah, I, I think it, it does feel a little bit weird that LeBron is, is out now. Um, Obviously, mentioned the injury to Davis, um, I think, was was the final nail in the coffin there. I don't think they were playing all that great. Uh, you know, obviously, Davis and LeBron were, were out for a decent stretch of the regular season and um, really don't think they were able to get their footing um, for at least the latter part of the year. And um, usually when, when comes playoff time, usually that's when you're hitting your stride uh, as a team and you're kind of at your peak. But um, as we know, LeBron's teams are able to kind of turn it off, turn it on at, at the drop of a hat. And I kind of assume that was going to happen again that yeah they dropped game one to the Suns and and LeBron always drops game one in the first round and then just goes on to rattle off four straight or, or winning six or whatever the case may be so once the, once the Suns kind of went up three two there I was kind of thinking that okay you know obviously if Davis can't go again or even if he's you know 50 percent of himself I'd kind of have to give it to the Suns just based off the way they were playing I mean you mentioned Chris Paul obviously great for him Devin Booker cooking DeAndre Aiden is, is kind of coming into his own, still only like 22, 23, I believe. It seems like he was a first overall pick like a million years ago, but um, he's still a young guy in the league. And then they have the role players um, kind of supporting him after that. So I, to me, I think the Suns being good um, and kind of taking out the Lakers is is probably better for the league than, than most people think. Like you said, it allows other fan bases to kind of get the mix, be excited. If you look at the crowd at those Phoenix Suns, Suns games they are just absolutely into it absolutely an electric atmosphere um they showed the game last night that the one kid was taking his shirt off and 
playing out the crowd and, and getting after it and, and absolutely going wild. So uh, I think it's good for the league. If, if it is Suns Jazz in the Western Conference Finals, obviously people are going to say those are two small market teams and not good for the league. But I do think the NBA needs some more parity. And, and if guys like Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert, um, Devin Booker, Chris Paul can kind of get their shine in the limelight. Everyone talks about how good these guys are, but for them to finally get the chance um, now that the hole has been left by LeBron and, you know, if the Clippers are out, maybe a hole gets left by Kawhi and the Clippers as well. And it, it allow those younger guys to really get some shine in the league. And um, to be honest, I, I, I kind of am all for that. And I'll certainly be tuning in. I mean, you mentioned the Nuggets and, and the Suns. It's, it's been a great series um, for sure. Uh, Joe, Jokic obviously getting his MVP last night, I think just capped off what, what a year it's been for him. Um, so for these other stars in the league to get into the limelight, I think has been pretty awesome, but it does, I mean, it does obviously beg the question, the question of where LeBron and the Lakers stand right now. I think this year at the end of the year, he'll, he'll turn 37 or 38, I believe. Um, so certainly not getting any younger. Um, we talk about that all the time with LeBron and um, I don't think he played bad by by any stretch of the imagination, but he certainly wasn't his dominant um, playoff self that he usually is. And I know it takes him a round or two to get into it. So maybe they weren't expecting the Suns to come out with, with that much firepower um, that they did. But, you know, I think you, you have to give all the credit to Phoenix for uh, for standing ground and showing the league uh, what they're what they're made of. Yeah, no, I, I think you broke that down. You know, you're on point with that analysis there because I think – like Devin Booker is just becoming an absolute machine. Like that guy hardly – every time I watch him, it's like he doesn't even miss. He's almost like – he reminds me of Clay Thompson in a lot of ways. I just think he he can shoot from anywhere. He can drive the ball in, you know, pull up. He, he just – he's a complete player in this league. I think he, he doesn't – still doesn't get the appreciation that he should. Um, without him, I think Phoenix is like a middle-of-the-pack team, if not worse. Um, I just think he's such an impact on that team as well as Chris Paul, obviously. But um, really the only other thing I'll, I'll touch on with the Lakers, um, I think Anthony Davis is one of those guys. He's kind of like an Embiid as well. I mean, he, he's just so big. He, he can get injured, I think, very easily. Uh, he, he's just had a, a plethora of injuries in his career. He, he's just one of those guys where he just always just seems banged up in some form or fashion. So, um, I mean, obviously a, a hell of a player when healthy. It's just He's one of those guys, you know, you got always got to keep your eye on him. Is, is he going to be in the lineup, you know, consistently? That, that's always a question mark. But the only other thing I'll, I'll, I'll beg you the question is uh, Dennis Schroeder. He, he wants four years, 100 million. Do you, Would you do that for, for Dennis Schroeder? Uh, yeah, if he was paying me four years, $100 million, I would, I would let him play for my team. I, I mean, I think that's crazy. <laughs> uh, I, I would have rather had Rajon Rondo than Dennis Schroeder in these playoffs. I mean, he had a pretty – I mean, obviously when LeBron and Davis were out the regular season, a lot of it felt, uh, you know, fell on him, fell on Harrell, um, you know, fell on Caruso, fell on some other guys who kind of had to step up. I just, you know, when those guys came back, I, I mentioned the chemistry thing. I think it is pretty, pretty important, especially when it comes to the playoffs. And it seems like some of the stars that LeBron has played with in the past have been comfortable with deferring to, to LeBron and Davis has certainly been comfortable in that role. And LeBron has certainly let Davis take the brunt um, or at least been the focal point at times. But I, I don't think Schroeder was really willing to let that happen. I think he wanted everything to kind of flow through him and, and was kind of pissed off the way his role ended up turning out, especially there in the latter part of the season. But uh, if he's going to put forth that effort again, I certainly wouldn't give him that much money. I mean, if he wants that much, the Lakers certainly can't afford it. I'd have to think, and, and they'll probably have to look elsewhere to 
for their point guard services. But um, to be honest, I don't think their point guard is really all that important in that offense as long as they can play defense um, and kind of make big shots when they can and, and play effective, especially when LeBron and, and LeBron is not in the court when LeBron you know defers because, it, you know, one possession LeBron could want the ball and be the point guard. The next he can, you know, walk the court and just post up in the corner. So you never really know. I think you need someone who's, who's comfortable kind of adapting on the fly and just going with the flow. I think Schroeder at this point in his career, and I can't really blame him. I think he wanted more of a defined carved out role for himself in that offense. Um, so yeah, with the Lakers, he certainly won't get that money. Maybe he can find a shitty desperate team to pay him, you know, that much, but to be honest, if he wants to win um, or wants to be with a contender, he's going to have to take less. And if you look at all the teams in the West now next year, like, especially with clay back, um, with Steph back, with Clay healthy, like they're going to be six to seven, like legitimate contenders in the West. And um, if you look at, you know, all the point guards that those teams have, all those spots are pretty much taken. So if he wants to stay in the West, if he wants to stay in a big market, I, I don't see that happening. Maybe he can, you know, pawn a shitty team in the East, you know, like the Magic or something to to take him or to pay him that much money. So it really depends if he wants to win. I don't think he'll get that money if he wants to, shout out for the bag he can certainly find some team to to take pity on him for sure yeah no I'm with you I I, I don't know I mean he can definitely play I, I've seen him you know numerous games where he, where he definitely has the ability to score and, and distribute well but I don't know I, I don't think he's like a top top tier guy by any means as far right. as like a point guard is concerned and I, I if I'm the Lakers like I don't know how many years uh, Kuzma has left I'd probably let him walk at this point I mean I, I would get rid of him in a heartbeat yeah I, you're kind of like waiting every year for that guy to show you something and he's not really showing you much of anything I mean other than dyeing his hair like six different colors I don't know what he's <laughs> really done for you um, who's the other oh Caldwell Pope he I I don't think he's very good at all um, he's inconsistent one game he'll give you you know, 18 off the bench, and then the next game he has two points. I don't know. I just feel like their their roster construction at this point needs, like, an overhaul if, if LeBron wants another chance at, at a chip just because that, um, you know, playing out west is definitely a different uh, animal than playing in the east when he's on the Cavs. So, I mean, they got Marcus Gasol. They got – I mean, a bunch of these guys are just either washed up or, or just don't have much – you know, left in the tank or, or really had much to begin with. So, um, yeah, I think when they, when they traded Brandon Ingram, that was one of their better, better players off the bench, better players yeah. that can start, um, you know, or whatever it might be. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know, man, it, it'll be interesting to see. I think the Lakers are definitely, um, you know, a buyer or a, whatever it might be that this coming off season, as far as just trying to, to bolster that lineup a little better and, and get back there just because like I told you, like that, the West is just, you got the Suns, the jazz, the, I mean, it just goes on and on and on and on crazy uh, Clippers. So yeah, it, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens this, this off season with them. Yeah. Now we, now we just have a uh, space jam two to look forward to uh, <laughs> came out that LeBron is wearing number six in that movie and we'll change back uh, to, to wear number six next year. I think he'll probably end up giving 23 to Davis Um passing of a torch some might say who knows i think lebron's gone into the last year of his deal so uh, i'd have to think he'll he's not certainly going to retire after this year but um i think he might try to give the keys to the franchise to davis rightfully so i think davis has certainly been the better player uh since they both have been on the same squad and i mean he's like 10 years younger so i'm not 
say anything groundbreaking there, but uh, yeah, yeah, Space Jam Two will be electric, probably a lot better than Space Jam One. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> it'll, it'll be good though. But uh, it, to, for LeBron to to mention like the movie like five seconds into his press conference after the game was pretty brutal. Uh, you know, mentioned he's going to play the Goon Squad and has the Monstars coming up. So uh, I mean, I do I, I do kind of get like. Lakers in the heat obviously played in the finals last year were in the bubble for the longest and only had like you know 50-ish days to get ready for the new season and and then you know LeBron and Davis were out for a while this year so I I definitely think the deck was stacked against them coming into the season Um, again I'm never you know gonna make an excuse for arguably the best basketball player in the world because he has a lot of natural talent natural ability to pair with his hard work that can get the job done on any given night. Um, so for them to lose in the first round of a team like the Suns, it is pretty, I don't, I don't know if it's damaging to his legacy, but you know, if he, I, I will say if they didn't have the ring last year, I, I, I would think it would put a nail in his Jordan conversation. But um, if, if he doesn't win next year, I think, I think that conversation of the goat uh, probably goes by the wayside, but I do think losing in the first round probably is better long-term for him than losing in the finals because you know, there's always the debate of, of the six and zero record versus LeBron's like, you know, four and six or whatever he is in the final four and seven, whatever it might be. Um, but yeah, you know, I think certainly, uh, like you said, a, a long off season for the Lakers, they looked themselves in the mirror and ultimately up to Rob Palenka on how to, how to figure out how to improve them moving forward. Yeah. I'll, I'll ask you one question and then we can, we can definitely move on, but do you think LeBron retires a Laker or do you think like, what I, I don't even know what he does after, after this coming season. Like, let's say they, they don't go the final. They go to the Western Conference Finals and lose uh, next year. Do you think he retires a Laker? That's a good question. I think he, I think he ultimately does retire a Laker. I don't think it'll be after next year. I think he might take a couple of bridge deals to to kind of get him to you know whatever he wants to get you know to get him to forty whatever age he wants to play till. Um, I, I think if his son ends up getting drafted, he might try to stick it out one more year with that squad, wherever he, he, he lands and then might hang it up. It'll, it'll be very interesting because you obviously you saw with Kobe, he kind of limped to the finish line um, at the end of his career. Jordan did as well. Shaq did uh, Tim Duncan. Wasn't all that effective. You know, his last couple of years, um, I think you go, I mean, Dirk was, was basically a shell of himself the last year or two. Um, LeBron's always been about a legacy guy and making sure that, that he holds his image and, and puts the best of himself out there for the world to see. Uh, so it'll be very interesting, very interesting to see what he does in terms of retirement. If he retires a year too early or is he stay till the very last second um, just to maximize his money? I have no idea, but I feel like he has a plan. He's always going to try to put his body in the best place, to, you know, where he can feel like he can, he can succeed at a high level or operate at a high level, but Father Time's undefeated, as we as we all know, and as he you know enters the 4-0 category, forty enters age you know his fourth decade. I think it'll be very interesting to see what he decides to do in terms of leaning towards hanging him up or you know deciding to play to the very last second you know to maximize his on court earnings. So we'll see, man. But I I could see him and Brownie you know trying to team up eventually down the road at least for for his his last uh, hurrah there for sure. Yeah, that that would be that would be interesting. I'm not gonna lie. I never been a LeBron guy, but um, you know, to see him and his son play, that that would just be something. Uh, def- definitely, definitely, uh, ESPN would never get enough of that. I'll I'll say that right now. 
Oh my god, dude. Uh, I mean, you can't even go on social media or turn on the television. They were, I mean, I swear to God, Stephen A. And, and Max were having a debate of whether Arch Manning, Archie Manning's like fucking fifteen-year-old nephew or grandson, I should say, is is the going to be the best uh, Manning quarterback, and he has yet to play like varsity football. Dude, it's unreal. Like, some not to go off on a tangent, and we'll get on to someone else, but. Whenever they bring up just like these insane, I don't even want to say compare, just like hypotheticals. Like, yes, I feel like ESPN is just like they, they love, they can't get enough of like hypotheticals. Like, I, I just, they should call themselves a hypothetical network because it's just, it's unreal when they bring that up. It's a 45 minute uh, segment or tangent or whatever you want to call it. I saw a, a tweet yesterday. It was, you know, number of Instagram posts, um, you know, about Simone Biles or her record-breaking U.S. gymnastics trials run or number of Instagram posts about the Logan Paul Mayweather fight. And it was 17 posts about Logan Paul Mayweather and zero about Simone Biles and, and you know, how she's arguably the greatest Olympian of all time, for sure greatest gymnast of all time. Uh-huh. But it, they're, they're, it's now to a point where they're just clout chasing. They're trying to figure out whatever, you know, the – 15 to 18 year olds are, you know, li- listening mm-hmm. to watching, talking about, you know, consuming, et cetera. It's just an apps. There's there, to me, they're, they're sellouts. They always have been sellouts, but um, <laughs> you know, the minute they, they switch from trying to be that professional, you know, sports network where everyone goes to for their news to be in like, you know, Gen Z and the TikTok generation and hit or trying to be hip and all that stuff is, is, I mean, they lost me long before that due to the, the lack of good on-air talent, but they, they lost me for life after that. I, I, I just can't – I cannot – I mean, I'll watch, you know, the Sports Center here and there with Scott Van Pelt or, you know, with Puchagras or if I'm looking for highlights or whatever for my team won that day, but I, I can't really in good faith consume a lot of their content, to be honest, anymore. Uh, it's, it's crazy. Right. I, have you ever seen the show Jalen and Jacoby? Have you ever seen that one? I have a couple of times, yeah. I would give that show an like an F. I, like I can't even, <laughs> like if I could think of a, a worse way to explain it. Like it's that show. The fact that that's on the air is, is just a joke. <laughs> I don't know. Both those guys on that show, I just cannot stand for more than two minutes. I, I can't do it. He Jalen, first of all, is the worst. Jacoby, I have no idea who this guy is. He stinks. <laughs> together, putting together, absolute dumpster fire. The show Get Up with Greeny in the morning is terrible. the guy i don't hate is uh marcus spears he's actually pretty funny i don't mind him at all uh but like dan orlovsky's on there they have the guy giving the stats they have perk on there they have ryan clark (laughs) on there they have jay williams they're all just jokes then you have the jump the nba show which is just basically scotty pippen perk or enter your white journalist whether it's windhorst or like zach Lowe on there trying to give your hot takes richard jefferson's out there trying to be a media guy and everyone's competing for the hottest take. Like you had Jay Williams talking about, you know, Kevin Durant the other day and, and, and saying all these nonsense. So uh, every, every time one of those guys is on there, they're all just trying to get the next headline or get the next take because they know that no one's really watching them. It, it's just all about the clicks on social media. And that's how you bring in the, the sponsorship and generate those fake numbers as I like to call them. So it's just an absolute joke. They're, <laughs> NFL crews are disgusting. They're, they're bringing back the same Monday Night Football crew with Steve Levy, uh, Lewis, oh, Ritten, Ryan way. Greasy, which is an abomination. So I, I don't know. They're just as a whole, as a network, just absolutely an f all around. I, uh, 
I don't know. It's like I totally get trying to make a, a news network at least a little bit fun, you know, kind of cater yeah. to. But but I know what you mean like they they're just kind of. I don't I don't even know what their vision is. It's like it's just weird. I'll I'll turn it on every once in a while, and I I just like have this feeling. It's like this is awkward. This is weird. This is like forced. I don't know. It's just, it's not the same at all. It's a, it's a great way to put it. Everything they do is force. And like every time they have an easy decision that like stares them in the face, they always make the wrong one. Like, you know, trying to get Pat McAfee for Monday night football over like a Jason Witten over, uh, you know, Steve Levy over Lewis Riddick is like an absolute no brainer. And then they'll just like turn the cold shoulder and put them on like a D three college football game because they think that like he's too edgy for their network. And, Meanwhile, you have like Kendrick Perkins who can barely string together a sentence or two, you know, out there fucking five times a week, 365, you know, 24 seven, whatever the case may be, you know, spewing nonsense on their network. So whoever manages their talent should, should be fire. Whoever watches these tryouts or, or, you know, gets the on air slots and, and signs on the talent is an absolute abomination. But that's my, that's our, that's our ESPN rant, I guess. It, it, I feel like it bubbles over every once in a while for us on this podcast, but um, that was, that was certainly a, a first, you know, first for at least a little bit there. Hey man, I'm, I'm all for it. I, we can take this with this, uh, this pod, any, any which direction. Um, I'm more than about it. Did you, uh, speaking of the Logan Paul Mayweather fight, did you catch any of those highlights or, or catch the actual fight? I did see it. I, I, maybe I'm going to raise some controversy, but I, you know, I don't know if you'll like this one, but I'm a big, uh, I'm a Paul, I'm a Paul fan only from the entertainment wow. standpoint. Low, low gang. Are you low gang? Or are you, uh, uh, what's it? Team Jake or whatever. They no, I'm, I'm, I'm Jakey all the way. They're Jake's really? my, Jake's my, I just feel like they're, they're, they're the type of guys where it's like, dude, they, they could be like, nobody's like, everybody could be down on them. And like, they'll just find a way to make a quick 20 million. Like, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I can't hate on that. Like it's, you know, people go into hundred thousand dollars worth of debt, and like these guys are just kind of trolling the world and making millions. So I can't, I just can't hate it. But at the same time, I've I've always hated Mayweather just because I I just something about <laughs> that guy. I just I never liked him. Um, I just hate out his fighting style too. It's like you just run around all the time. Right. Uh, at least the last five ten years of his career. So uh, I did see it. I mean. I, Obviously, you know, it's an amateur fight. There's no, not even judges, things like that. It's, it's kind of right. a joke altogether. It's, it's just a money grab for both those guys. I can't, I can't hate on Floyd for that either though. So it's, it's one of those things where they're, they're just signing up to, to get a check. Um, but you know, Logan Paul threw like what, 270 punches or something, something in that ballpark. Um, you know, we waited like 20, but Right, you're right, right. So uh, I, mean, I, I think, uh, yeah, I've I've kind of been out on the Paul brothers since uh, Logan posted that video of him going like that suicide forest in in Japan. But um, in terms of like the fight, I think it's incredibly impressive that he's able to to last eight rounds with. I mean, I know Floyd Mayweather is like 45 or whatever he is, and and he's obviously a lot smaller than than Logan Paul is, but. Uh, it, you know, it, he's basically a guy that was like, Hey, I want to be a boxer. And then, you know, cut to like three, four years later, he's in the ring with Floyd Mayweather. So I, in terms of giving him credit, I give him all the credit in the world. And, you know, people will say the fight's fixed or it was boring or, you know, Floyd does this, you know, dodgeball stuff and is running around left and right and avoiding contact um, as he always does. But I, I think it's, it's wildly impressive that, you know, Logan's able to even last one round, you know, much less all eight. I know, they're probably trying to go all eight to maximize 
obviously the revenue and, and stuff like that. And, and that's probably the, the reason for the no judges because they wanted to, you know, not have a winner per se, because they, I mean, everyone and their mother knew that no one was going to knock out the other one. I don't think Floyd has the power to knock out a guy of, of Logan's stature and Logan just doesn't have like the speed. I don't think to, to knock Floyd out or to really even get Floyd in a vulnerable position. I saw a couple of highlights of Logan trying to get on him or, or had him up against the, the ropes, but nothing really ever came to fruition there. But yeah, I mean, from an entertainment standpoint, those guys have life by the balls. Uh, they really have the pulse of, of the people uh, by the people. I mean like that generation who consumes their content. I think Jake is uh, a little bit more of a wild card um, than Logan is. I think uh, Jake's kind of a wild child, but Hey, you know I mean? They're both making millions of people um, consume their content left and right. I, I, can't say they're great guys, you know, off, off camera, but, um, got to respect, uh, I guess the, the hard work it took to, to get to where they are today. Yeah. They're, yeah. They're, I mean, just on the fact that they, they, they can promote, they're kind of like LeVar Ball and the fact they can just say oh, anything yeah. Yeah. and like it, it sells. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, only those guys know how seriously they want to take this, you know, um, you know, Jake, Jake more than Logan even is all the time talking like, you know, I want to be a boxer. YouTube was, it is fun for me, but like, I'm, this is my passion. But only God knows if that's true. I mean, these right. guys could be full of shit. And they're, and somebody in their camp told them like, hey, just, you know, box you know, five to 10 fights and, and collect an easy 100, 200 million and, and call it a day. Um, so who knows? But it's definitely, I don't know. All the people that are like, you know, these guys, you know, didn't train. They didn't kill themselves like like everybody else to get. Uh, where they're at as far as you know boxing is concerned as far as taking it seriously things like that I just look at that like you're you're just kind of hating a little bit too hard because these guys are just making a, a, a very big check to, to stand right. in a ring for a little bit and, and get hit around a little bit I mean this, they're all exhibition fights so I don't know why everybody gets so uptight about it it's just it's, <laughs> it's an exhibition fight dude it's not it's not yeah UFC. if you don't like it don't watch it Exactly. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I, everybody that, that that takes this way too seriously, like, you know, other people are, are killing themselves to get to the top and, and these guys are just kind of like fucking around. Like, right. I, I just look at that as like, you're, you're just a hater. I don't know. It's just, it's stupid. To, there's no reason to, to talk like that. Cause these, these guys will keep doing this. If, if the formula works, if, if they make 20 million a fight, if they make 10 million a fight, they're going to do it. Like, it's just, a, it's a matter of fact that, that they're going to do it. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. I mean, even going back to Jake, like I think there's the uh, the TikTok versus YouTuber fights like next week. Um, like Bryce Hall from TikTok is fighting um, Austin McBroom, who's like a massive YouTuber. Um, and, and I guess this McBroom guy and and Jake were getting. I, I guess they've been enemies for lack of a better term, or, or at odds for a while now. And uh, they were at, they were actually being interviewed for for the same podcast at the same time and. Uh, Jake ended up like leaving the house a little bit early because he wanted to slash the tires of this guy's Lamborghini. Uh, so I think Jake Paul's wires can cross a little bit more where Logan's probably at least at this point in his life, more of the reserved one. Um, but like, no matter what these guys touch, it turns to, to content gold. And um, like you said, you don't know if it's fake, if it's planned, but even if it is planned, like it's impressive that they kind of have the pulse of like, what people want to see and what content they want to crave. So it's, it's pretty wild to kind of see where they are today. Yeah, for sure. For All sure, right. man. Um, MLB stuff, Aaron, let's get into some MLB stuff before we break today. Um, I know we have a couple other topics, but 
what's the deal with with all of this spider tack this spin rate stuff garrett cole josh donaldson trevor bauer uh the mlb cracking down on these banned substances foreign substances list uh give us a breakdown of of kind of where we stand what is going on and um is there really any way for the mlb to kind of crack down on this or are we just kind of like witnessing you know a, a conversation that probably should have been happening a long time ago when you know baseball practices first started to come in you know into the norm you know back when the the mlb started and things like that yeah no i think um i think it was walker bueller a couple of years ago he, he made a comment like you know this is this is definitely changing the game like uh you know myself i think he even said myself included like our, our us pitchers we we're using a substance now where our spin rate is ridiculous. I mean, you're seeing these 12, six curves that are like dropping from 12 or really like 14 to, to four or something, you know, just, it's ridiculous the the spin rate on it. So I am one of those guys where I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm, I want to see more runs. I want to see, you know, more excitement in, in baseball. I think that's good for baseball. So if there's a ton of pitching duels, I think that's going to drive people away from the sport. Um, I don't know. It's one of those things where like, I remember, I think it was George Brett back in the day, they found like pine tar yeah. in his bat and he came flying out of the dugout and, and you know, said some expletives to the ump. Um, you know, I could see a similar thing. You know, there's going to be pushback with this just because baseball is like, baseball has always to me been like a reactive type of organization. Like they let shit happen. And then after the fact, they're like, oh, I guess we should address this. Like they don't, like they're not, they, they just don't nip things in the bud ever. So now it's like, it's such a problem to where like these pitchers are, are having so, so much break on the ball, so much movement. Uh, it's just excessive out in my opinion, just cause you know, you want to give the, the hitters at least a fair chance. And now you got, you got starters throwing like a hundred anyway. So now they're throwing a hundred, they're throwing a curveball at you. That's, that's insane. They're throwing a splitter, they're throwing sliders. Like everything is moving at a drastic rate. I mean, uh, obviously I'm, I'm not a big Yankees fan that never will be, but, um, what, what was kind of interesting the other night is, is, you know, you bring up Garrett Cole, one of the better pitchers in this league, if, if not, you know, top three, top five, he said, they, you know, they have him at the podium. They say, have you, has, have you ever used the spider tack while pitching? Uh, which is basically that, that chemical, that substance, whatever you want to call it, that, that has the stickiness to it. Um, that, that gives you that spin rate. He said, I don't quite know how to answer that to be honest if the MLB wants to investigate some more stuff that's a conversation we can have that's basically saying yes I do use that so um I don't know he's definitely not the only one he's, he's definitely not even close to the only one in this league using it I would say probably it, you know it's more uncommon that they're, they're not using it at this point so um yeah I don't I don't know what they're gonna do if they're gonna just start suspending people left and right I, I would just try to outlaw the substance and then if somebody yeah. violates it going forward then then maybe give them a suspension give them a, a, a pretty uh substantial fine that type of thing um so me myself i, I just i'm not cool with it i, I just think it's, right. it's a little too much because like i said you're, you're just seeing absurd movement it, it's not like anything natural whatsoever the thing the thing for me is if if like hitting and, and the batting average was up and, and not down like this wouldn't even be a conversation i, I think just where we are with the, with the game today, obviously almost, you know, I think we're trending towards a record low league wide batting average. Like people are complaining the balls aren't juiced anymore. 
People are complaining pitchers are using banned substances. People want them to lower the mound again. Uh, people want to move the mound in a little bit so they get closer to home plate, which is absolutely asinine. So I think it's a little bit of, yes, are they using substances they probably shouldn't most likely. Um, but but is this a substance that has been used for decades and, and probably centuries within the game of baseball? I'm not even mentioning just the major leagues, but just in the game of baseball in general, probably so. Um, I mean, Garrett Cole, part of that quote you mentioned, like, he was saying, you can't blame the guys now. I mean, they were just using what is available to them, what, um, you know, their trainers, their teams, their coaches are allowing them to use because that's what they use when those guys were playing. And when, um, you know, back in the, in the 60s and 70s, when pitchers were starting to figure out how to throw, how to throw the ball better or that spin rate was, was important or putting movement on the ball really fooled guys to the plate. Like, all of this stems back then. So it, it, certainly the, the game of baseball was rooted in traditions and, ways of finding an advantage or uh, ways of improving yourself with some outside help, I think is certainly a tradition that we've seen in baseball for years. And um, to use the spider tack or sticky substance that, you know, I don't think it's, I mean, maybe it'll be outlawed, but I think they'll still find creative ways to be able to utilize it and still kind of weave it into their, their games. And, um, you know, you mentioned Josh Donaldson, you know, somehow still in the league, I guess he's on Minnesota now was coming at Garrett Cole because he was taking a look at <clears throat> the spin rate from his last two starts and said it was like off the chart. Um, and then, you know, Garrett Cole proceeds to shut him up and, you know, strikes him out two or three times last night, which is pretty comical. I mean, I guess it doesn't shut him up because maybe he used spider tack on those balls. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but if you're looking at like high spin rate, I think it's, you know, Trevor Bowers right up there. Uh, Garrett Cole certainly up there. I think some of the best pitchers, some of the biggest names in this league are up there. So, um, as, as an organization, if you're major league baseball and you're outlawing this substance, are you then taking away, I guess, a crotch or a shield that these players have to stand on or to stand behind? Um, and is that in turn going to make them, you know, not perform as highly as they would have if they're able to use, you know, these substances. So that's something you'd have to think about. I think similar to, to when we were talking about steroids from a few years ago or the last 20 to 30 years, I should say. Um, when, when home runs were at an all time high, when averages were at an all time high, um, the game corrected itself and, and took down the steroid era. Uh, I think with batting averages at an all time low, um, when you have a guy like Jacob DeGrom at a, a six, two ERA, I think the game's going to correct itself again, back in the other direction. It's always a pendulum swing. I think with major league baseball, and it's always swinging one way or, or the other, and it's never perfect for anybody involved. I mean, I love good hitting. I love good pitching. I think watching a dominant pitching performance is like one of the coolest things to watch in sports. Watching what Jacob deGrom is doing right now is absolutely phenomenal. And, and for some people to blame that on or, or, or say that, you know, it's, it's completely contingent upon the amount of spider tack he's using is absolutely preposterous. Uh, you know, same thing when, you know, a guy like Aaron Judge mashes, you know, 45 home runs to, to just automatically dismiss that and blame that on steroids is absolutely asinine to me because you got to hit the ball. Uh, you got to throw the ball over the plate to strike a guy out. I mean, yeah, the, the spin rate and the substance and stuff like that might make it a little bit easier and steroids might make it a little bit easier. But to be honest, you still got to go out there and perform. Um, and it, it happens in every sport as well. I mean, how many how many times have we caught wide receivers using stick em? In the NFL, you know, hockey players use grip all the time. 
um, to kind of get ahead to use like things in their hands to, to make them better at fighting or, you know, some, some players even put weights in their shoulder pads to hit harder, which is a little bit crazy to think about. Um, but it kind of happens in every professional sport. So for baseball to always get up in arms whenever these issues come across the wire is always mind boggling to me. No, I, I can see, I can see where you're coming from. I just kind of want it to be the most like, like natural way to play the game. Like, I, I don't want there to be like, I'm, hundred percent against steroids, hundred percent against this stuff. I, I just want it to be, you know, the, the guys take the mound, you know, they use what's within the, the, the you know, legality of the league. But right. the thing, the thing about it is like, th this is kind of so new that like, I guess nobody knew. Um, I, I don't know how they didn't like find out until now. Cause right. like I said, Walker Bueller said this like two years ago. Uh, so, so I don't, I just, I always look at the, at the MLB as like, like I said, they're just reactive. They're not proactive. So I don't know. I, I just, like I said, I, I just want it to be played. Like, uh, no, nobody really has an advantage over anybody else due to a substance due, due to like an outside influence. It's just, you know, playing the game. Uh, that's just my take on it. I'm not by any means calling these guys like scumbags for doing it. I mean, they, they got away with it for years. So, I mean, that, that's baseball's problem more than the player's problem, right? Uh, if, any, if anything. So, uh, we'll see. I, I don't know. Like I said, I just don't know. And now it's been talked about for probably a week. Um, and there's no, like, it, it just seems like what the hell is baseball going to do? Like, they, they just yeah. kind of, they, 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 you know, they walk around and, and talk about the issues, but they don't, like, where, where's, like, the, the rule or where's the, Where's anything being implemented to, to change it? I don't know. Right. Nothing, nothing of yet. No. Yeah. I mean, my, my thing is, and I don't know nearly enough about this is, you know, probably some baseball fans do or, or some hardcore baseball fans do, but well, I guess why now? I mean, I, I know why, because all, you know, pitchers are dominating, but if you're baseball, you know, why not crack, crack down on, on substance use, you know, foreign substance use 20 years ago, 30 years ago. So, I mean, I, I guess like if you're going to take away from the pitchers, I, I'm sure there's, there's some substances that hitters are using outside of pine tar on their bat, on their gloves that, that help them out. So if you're going to ban one thing, or if you're going to ban it for one position, why don't, why don't you just ban everything? Um, and, and like you said, go back to sort of the natural, the, the, the back to basics, back to the beginning, back to the the nascent, the nascency of, of baseball and, and the nascent nature of, of when it was pure. So, I mean, I, I'm certainly aligned with them taking stuff away, but if you're going to take it away from pitchers, take away from batters too. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, just make the game fair, make it, you know, make it skill versus skill, not substance first, like in steroids. You know what I mean? I, I just, they, they need to at least be, now that it's brought up, they need to be careful because they don't want to be get, you know, the, it the sport being tarnished once again due to you know people's perception on oh well these guys are just cheating again so I don't know it, it'll be interesting um I know I was reading here Joe Girard it was in a, the Philadelphia Inquirer yep uh the one the one Phillies pitcher uh Sam Coonrod uh basically he he threw a, a pickoff move uh and it, he like airmailed the throw to, to into center field and Joe Girardi said it looked like he was throwing a change up like Huh. There was that. There was that much movement on it. So huh. obviously, uh, I mean, say what you want about Joe Girardi. I'm I'm not the biggest That's fan of him. Funny. He, um, you know, he might be a little delusional at this point too. But um, you know, I I don't know. There's definitely there's definitely some some 
truth to be told, you know, to be told about how much sure. influence it, it has. And, and like, uh, like you had said, I mean, I just, I, it's one of those things I, I don't blame the players either. It's just like, you know, what do they do to, to address this? And right. I don't know. It, it just seems like every night I'm looking at the scores and, and I see like the Orioles won 18 to five the other day. And now they just lost 14 to one. Like <laughs> I, I I'm seeing a lot of high scoring games. Like I, I as right. far as people saying, like, it's nothing but pitchers duels. It's, things like that I'm seeing like less and less this year at least from what I remember there there's like so many teams score more than 10 runs you know uh on a frequent basis like if you look at the Reds they score so many runs a game um so I don't know this whole like you know it's making these pitchers unhittable yeah there's going to be the guys like the Grom there's going to be um your Garrett Coles you know you know things like that Zach Wheeler just to name a couple guys off the top of my head but um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like the, the MLB has a lot of scoring, at least from what I watch every night. Yeah, no, I mean, the, the problem with like today in general and like social media is that if you have a if you have an opinion, you know, with all the takes and all the people out there who have a voice now, you're always going to find someone who agrees with you. And that's how these things get legs. So if you're looking at it in a box or or just in like a siphon of, of what it actually the problem actually is like you're just looking at at one stat which is the spin rate or you're looking at you know two Garrett Cole I mean Garrett Cole hasn't been like great this year I mean he, he's gotten hit hard a few times I mean the Yankees in general ha- haven't been great this year I and mean, I mean more has to do with hitting than anything else but it's not like he's you know 14 and one in 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 the Cy Young race like right, right. maybe he's up there I don't follow other pitchers that that well but like it's not like he's absolutely you know mashing guys or, or mowing guys down left and right so for donaldson to come out and, and like kind of pick apart cole makes not much sense to me i don't even think he's been the best pitcher on the team this year it's been probably Corey kluber who's unfortunately out with an injury right now um so if you're gonna go after guys why not just go after the best this year you know why not go after jacob de which i think would still be disrespectful because you're discounting what he's doing um, but it's just it's just looking at everything with within a, a microscope, which to me is is the most frustrating piece of this. Yeah, I mean, I think Josh Donaldson, he, that guy, like we talked about him a little off air, like he, he just finds any reason to be pissed off. Um, I've watched like compilation videos of him just raging on umpires, <laughs> on coaches, on a, a, really anything, breaking bats. I mean, the guy just I, I'll say this. He's entertaining. I kind of like appreciate people like that just because it's like, dude, you're bringing a spark to the game. But uh, yeah, I, I think he just likes to talk shit. Obviously, he, he he's probably a Yankee hater or a Garrett Cole hater. So, um, you know, what whatever. Uh, at the end of the day, like like, I mean, you kind of alluded to he went over four over three last night. Um, if you're going to talk like that, you, you kind of have to at least back it up to a certain degree. I know the twins are, are one of the worst teams out there, but, um, you know, if he would have homered, uh, you know, I, I'd probably say, you know, good, good for him. You know, his, his talking shit got him somewhere maybe, or, or at least he, he kind of looks legit in, in doing so, but now it's kind of like, well, the guy just dominated you. And then, you know, are you going to make the excuse? Well, the, you know, the, the spider crack or whatever you might want to call it, um, uh, had the impact on, on me striking out. Well, I mean, he, he, if Garrett Cole's doing it, I guarantee he's not just putting it on. Oh, I got Josh Donaldson up this inning. Let me, let me, yeah. uh, let me put the lather this on my, my fingertips, whatever. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It, it's just now there's going to be a lot of controversy. I guarantee this gets like 
brought up at the all-star game brought up it's it just it's a storyline that people can go with and and maybe baseball wants that to a certain degree just because um you know I'm I'm a huge MLB fan but um you know it's one of the sports whether you either love it or you're, you're bored out of your mind watching it so um maybe they need a storyline to bring some some fans in that would normally not watch the game I, I don't know I'm just spitballing yeah, no, I mean, hey, when Donaldson gets off the Twins, he can he can call us because I don't, I don't deal with the relevant franchises. Um, that's all I have to say Damn. on that. Um, all right, Aaron, uh, I think this is the longest in history of this podcast we've gone without talking the NFL. So, do we go NFL or do we hit uh, we hit NHL quick? What do you want to do? Hey, let, let, let's let's talk some some hockey just because we're, uh, we're in the midst of playoffs. We're in the midst of the playoffs. I love it. All right. Uh, last night, New York Islanders defeated the Boston Bruins in the second round of the series. Four to two in six games. Uh, well, the series is four to two. The game itself last night was six to two. Um, absolutely electric series, I thought. I hate both teams, but it was a great series. I think four out of the six games went to overtime, if I'm not mistaken. Um Back and forth, up and down series. I think that East Division um, by far was the best division in hockey this year. So um, for the Islanders um, to kind of make it out again for the second consecutive year uh, certainly makes sense. I think when, I mean, if you look at their roster top to bottom, they don't they don't have the roster that Boston does. But for some reason, man, the Barry, Barry Trotz coaches these guys up. Um, they all play together. They have the energy line. That fourth line, fourth line with Matt Martin, Zegas, and Clutterbuck um, really just brings them out, brings them together in playoffs. And Varlamov has been insane um, back in goal. So pretty funny to see Boston go down, to be quite honest with you. I think uh, the Bruins are probably the best uh, Boston sports team right now. So for them to lose in the second round is, is pretty hilarious for the state of Boston sports. Um, but the Islanders have a rematch um, of last year's Eastern Conference Finals with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Um, they pretty handily dispatched the Carolina Hurricanes uh, four games to one, even though Carolina had the better record coming in out of the regular season. So Tampa's a wagon again. They obviously, they won last year. The, the whole enchilada, they won the Stanley Cup finals in the bubble, if folks remember correctly. Um, so they're looking for a repeat, but this is so, sort of a revenge series for the Islanders. So if they can pull this out uh, and make it back to their first finals in like – you know, 40-ish years would be pretty insane. They haven't won since the 80s. Um, and it's kind of – it's actually the last year of their building, the Nassau Coliseum. They built a new stadium, new arena, I should say, in Belmont Park near the racetrack. So um, would be kind of a nice send-off if they can make it to the finals. I, I don't think they'll win the finals just because um, – they so Vegas Golden Knights are playing Car uh, Colorado Avalanche right now. Uh, game six is tonight. Colorado went up 2-0. Vegas is stormed back, winning three in a row to, to kind of lead the series 3-2. So that could end tonight, that series. And then um, the winner of that plays the Montreal Canadiens, um, who've been waiting for a little bit now. They actually swept the Winnipeg Jets 4-0. But um, whoever wins this Vegas-Colorado series, I think, is going to win the Stanley Cup, um, either them or, or Tampa. So um, pretty pretty good parody out of the NHL this year. You kind of have a lot of the players who were there last year. Montreal kind of coming out of nowhere is obviously great for Canada and great for hockey up there. But um, to be honest, I think it's a it's a three horse race between Vegas and Colorado, the winner of that series, and then Tampa Bay out of the East. I think they'll probably dispatch the Islanders maybe in five, maybe six games. We'll see. Uh, but it, it is a shame that that Vegas and 
in Colorado um, are playing each other in the second round. I kind of wish that if it was a normal year, they probably would have met in the Western Conference Finals, but um, they happen to play in the same division throughout the regular season, which is why they're matching up here early on in, in these playoffs. But either way, it's been a pretty great series, uh, series of playoffs, I should say, so far. Um, and I'm looking forward to kind of the, fi- the final couple series. Um, it was li- – it was uh, Canada actually lifted the restrictions, so teams can travel in and out of Canada now without having to quarantine or stay in a bubble. Um, and, and the Canadians actually just got fans back last week. So um, hockey is somewhat back to normal. I know capacity issues still remain throughout some arenas in, the, in, the, in North America, but for the most part, hockey is, is back. Hockey is – healthy and I'm looking forward very much looking forward to two great uh, conference final series coming up here. Yeah, no, I, I Hey man, I mean, I, I don't know 2% of, of what you know about hockey, but I, I have been playing NHL 21 shout out to the EA sports for that one. But uh, so I, I, you know, I'm, I'm starting to polish my, at least who the players are, things like that. Um, you know, just, just a little bit of a background um, things like that. So uh, well, I'll say one thing that Brad Marchand uh, on the on the Bruins, that guy's an absolute machine. I mean, guy scores at will, it seems like. Um, but I'm glad any any time a Boston team loses, I, I'm more than ecstatic about it. I cannot stand Boston in anything. So yeah, I'm all for it. Uh, so, yeah, I, I wouldn't mind seeing uh, the Islanders myself just because they're, they're they've just been on fire this year. Uh, so that, that would be cool to see them go the whole way. But. Other than that, man, I'll tip my cap. I, I know uh, I know my guy Dan knows probably 10 times more than Barry Melrose ever knew. So oh, I'll, yeah. uh, I'll keep it there. Good old Barry. Barry's actually going to be in his uh, in all his glory next year as uh, the NHL gets back on ESPN, which will be exciting. Um, P.K. Subban is, is now a, an ESPN analyst for the NHL, um, even though he's still a current player. So that just shows you where his career is, is gone. But uh, yeah, no, I think uh, that was just a quick, quick dig at, at PK Subban. But either way, I think both these series will be very physical, um, very tight, um, very close. Uh, so those are all the cliche terms you can really say about a playoff series, but I think either way, um, they'll be great. Tonight will be a great game between Colorado and Vegas. If, if that game seven happens, it'll be Saturday night. That'll be appointment viewing television. That's, that's, a foregone conclusion, but um, if and if Vegas can close it out tonight, I'm sure it'll be a great game. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's the NHL for you, folks. Uh, glad we can. Uh, it's been a little while since we got the hockey talk. I know it's been a while since since our last podcast, but uh, been a little while since we got uh, some hockey talk in. So it feels good. All right, Aaron, are we uh, are we capping this, or you want to talk NFL quick? We'll, we'll we'll throw like a five minute, five ten minute if you can. I love if you it. Can. Why not? Why not? All right. Um, I'll start with the Jets, and then you can hit on the Eagles. Um, OTAs, everybody is there except for Marcus May, who was looking for a new contract. He got the franchise tag, so allegedly him and the GM, Joe Douglas, are working through some contract terms. Uh, Jamison Crowder, slot receiver, uh, who everyone knows and loves. I'm just kidding. He's really not that good, but good for the jets um he is also working through some contract renegotiation excuse me talks because the jets drafted elijah moore out of ole miss in the second round and he is apparently lighting up the world um in otas he will probably project to be a slot receiver he can play the x he can play the z he can play inside he can play outside um so he apparently is his route running is absolutely electric 
Some might say he's better than Devontae. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but he'll be, he'll, hey. he's been pretty good for them so far. Zach Wilson apparently has been pretty decent. Um, I personally can't take much away from June practices at this point. Uh, call me when they get to training camp and call me when they have a few preseason games under their belt. But I think it is encouraging that, you know, the Jets players are there, are participating and, and seem to be rallying around Robert Sala. Uh, Coach Sal has been at the Islanders games rocking the Islanders jerseys, been at the Knicks games rocking Knicks jerseys. Um, so is Zach Wilson. We even had an offensive lineman for the Jets who has a phenomenal mullet. He was chugging beers at, at Nassau Coliseum in the Islanders game Love last it. week. So seems to be a new vibe around this team. All gas, no breaks, as Coach likes to say. Um, so I very much am pleased where this team is heading right now as we go into the dog days of no football here in July and August. But as we get to training camp in a couple of months, I just want everyone to be happy and healthy. Uh, Makai Becton has plantar fasciitis. I think that's like a foot injury, to be honest. Um, mm-hmm. He's a big boy who probably weighs like 370. So if he can just stay off his feet, that'd be phenomenal. Then Quinton Williams had had surgery a couple of weeks back, but he'll be ready for training camp. So all seems to be good. The Jets have won their like 25th consecutive offseason. Um, so I'm very happy about that. Hey man, uh, Zach Wilson is your your key to success. So I, I'm excited yeah, to see a, a new regime there in the in the Big Apple. Um, you know, not not too much from what I hear about out of the Eagles camp. I mean, Devontae Smith he, he made a, a pretty nice comment about Nick Sirianni, uh, just saying how he's the type of coach you want to play for. Just passionate, you know, cares about his players. Just the generic, you know, insert quote here. Oh, type yeah. of statement. So I, I haven't really heard too, too much. Um, I, everybody says Jalen Hurts is, uh, you know, the first guy in and the last guy to leave. I didn't really hear that about Wentz so much. So <laughs> maybe that maybe that's taking a shot at Wentz. I don't know. But, um, you know, I, I'm glad to see we're, we're kind of out of the woods of the of the Carson Wentz era just because of the, you know, I was always nervous. He, he's another like Joel Embiid as far as like, you know, he's one hit away from being out the entire season. So um, we'll see what Jalen Hurts going forward. I'm excited to see it. I, I like the kid a lot. I think he's a, a natural born uh, leader at the very least. So uh, I like to see that. Uh, really, the only thing I was going to touch on is uh, how much how much impact do you think Julio Jones makes? Uh, you know, on the Tennessee Titans this coming this coming season. Yeah, it's a it's a great point. I think a lot is my my short answer. I mean, he I think he played nine games last year. Um, turned 32, um, I believe, not too long ago. So there's always the question of durability. Um, he's he's obviously one of the, the toughest players I've probably ever seen play um, in, in my recent NFL memory. Uh, so really toughness is is not a question with him. It's just availability. And if he can kind of fight through some injuries, I know the knee's been a problem. The shoulder's been an issue in the past. Um, but really, if you look at the receiving core, they had Corey Davis. Um, he signed with the Jets. So essentially you're replacing Corey Davis with Julio Jones to pair with AJ Brown um, to pair with uh, Derek Henry, Ryan Tannehill and, and, and sort of the rest of the offense there. So um, to replace Julio or to replace Corey Davis, excuse me, with Julio Jones, I think is definitely an upgrade. Um, and, and obviously the, the Falcons and, and their regime, you know, they're, they're now coached by Arthur Smith, who, who was the offensive coordinator of the Titans. Obviously those two teams are pretty close um, have some pretty um, decently close front office ties there. So really not a surprise as to how this deal came together. Um, I think reports, I don't know if it's been confirmed yet, but reports from Schefter and ESPN were a second rounder and a fifth rounder, um, which is 
I think a steal in my opinion for, for Julio Jones. I'm not saying he could have gotten, you know, a first round pick, but maybe at least a second and third, maybe two twos, you know, maybe a two and a, an upper echelon player, um, you know, what have you. So I think for Atlanta, unfortunately, I, I think everyone was looking forward to seeing Kyle Pitts with Calvin Ridley with, with Julio Jones, um, with Hayden Hurst, with Matt Ryan, take the field um, with that offensive line. It's not that bad. Uh, I think everybody was looking forward to that. So unfortunately we don't, we don't get that, but I do think with AJ Brown, um, it'll open up him a little bit more. It'll open up Julio a little bit more, obviously now he's not the guy. I mean, he probably still is the guy, but you know, AJ Brown, I think at this point, probably looking to take over that torch a little bit. Um, so I think it'd be good for Tannehill for sure. I think the Titans will have a good offense again, um, even without Julio. And this just further, further decides that, you know, they'll probably be uh, pretty legit to say the least. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely exciting to see him and AJ Brown on the same team. They're they're just to to be able to have to match up against those guys week in and week out is going to be a, a huge issue for uh, obviously opposing defenses. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's another another uh, example of how the NFL is uh, able to remain relevant even in you know June 10th when spring practices are finishing up. So good for them. It was actually a couple of weeks ago on Skip and Shannon where Shannon called. Julio Jones unprovoked out of the blue and asked if he was, you know, going to stay on the Falcons unbeknownst to Julio Jones. He had no idea he was on the show. He said, uh, quote, I'm out of there End quote. Um, so ever since that happened, <laughs> I think a trade was pretty much imminent. Um, but either way, shout out to Shannon for being an absolute real one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I mean, that guy knows how to stir the pot against, against Skip every single day. So he, he can move the earth and the water if he wants to, it seems like. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, well, folks, thank you so much for, for tuning in. Um, no, it's been a little bit since our last episode, about a month here. So we appreciate you tuning in uh, with us. Um, and, and always, you know, even without NFL, Aaron and I are always able to bring the heat. So as the NBA playoffs, as the NHL playoffs continue to ride on, uh, we'll certainly bring, bring you that good stuff there. And maybe we'll get into some, some other segments and things like that when those sports do end but very much looking forward to the rest of the summer for this podcast and Aaron why don't you take us home yeah no more than excited to see what what happens over the next coming months with uh you know all the sports and and just you know the direction of the podcast so as always you know whoever is listening I'm always appreciative of, of those people so uh we'll just try to keep pumping out content as we go here and then just take it to another level with with the uh the breakdowns